Hello and welcome to How About Them Huskers. My name is Will Miller Francesco, and I'm joined as always by my grandpa, Husker Dan, uh, from the website Husker Max in the beautiful state of Omaha, Nebraska. Uh, grandpa, how are you doing today? Great. Absolutely. Just fantastic. We had uh, my son over and granddaughter over for kind of a pre-Father's Day uh, get together. And by the way, all of you fathers out there, happy Father's Day for tomorrow. Yeah. And uh, hope you can spend it with your loved ones. Uh, that, that's it's a, it's a special day, and I think it's good. It's uh, yeah. Those of us who don't have fathers, uh, we remember uh, remember them, and uh, and it's just it's just a good time to just kind of get together. Yeah, uh huh, for sure. I know that um, I'm always excited for Father's Day, though I'm not a father um, yet. <laughs> and then, so yeah, <laughs> but it's always it's always fun to to get to hang out with family and stuff. So yeah, um, we don't have too much to talk about today uh, in non Nebraska preview related news. Uh, one thing that we didn't want to talk about was the College World Series starting. Uh, it's of, it's not really related to Nebraska because Nebraska's not in it, but uh, at least this year they're not in it. And um, But it is in Omaha, Nebraska, so it's sort of tied to Nebraska, and it's been there since 1950, so um, it's just a big tradition there. first two games uh, were last night. We had Oklahoma beat Texas A&M 13-8. Uh, uh, I watched – most of that game uh, at a grand slam, which was uh, kind of cool to watch. But uh, and then last night, Notre Dame beat Texas seven to three, uh, which was kind of surprising because Texas was ranked number nine uh, seeding wise right. in the NCAA tournament. Notre Dame was unseeded. Notre Dame did beat the number one seed Tennessee in the super regional. So people are really high on Notre Dame, but I didn't think that they were going to be able to keep it up. But I guess. Uh, I guess they didn't. It was quite quite emphatic fashion too. Um, I don't know if you saw the, the they have like the rally bananas or whatever. Like you always get this weird stuff during the College yeah, yeah. World Series and Notre Dame it, during. I think it's like the bottom of the eighth or something like that, or top or bottom of the eighth. Whenever they're batting during that inning, if something good happens, their dugout will take a bite of their bananas. Um, so I don't. <laughs> it, it, it worked for them. They beat Tennessee, so I have no clue. But yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just fun to get that stuff back. Um, it, like watching college baseball isn't something I try to do a lot during the year because I think baseball is not that exciting of a sport to watch because it's kind of slow. It is getting faster. They have the pitch clock and everything, but, uh, college baseball is much more exciting than, uh, the MLB. I think, especially the college world series, it's always a, all the games could go either way. Um, and I think last night everyone was expecting Texas A&M and Texas to win, and they both got kind of killed. So yeah, um, you know what? What's surprising to me is the number of home runs that were hit yesterday. Yeah, That's a big ballpark, and it yeah. is and the wind blows in. Uh huh. I was I was a little surprised at that. I and if yeah, you know, it might be a portent of things to come. And if it, I mean, it's exciting for fans because oh uh-huh, yeah that's what people you know, want to see <laughs> two old games are just yeah know, people are falling to asleep um and and they used to have it they changed the bats and the and the balls uh but they used to have games like 28 to you know 19 it's like no that's that that's not baseball either yeah so no no happy medium of you know seven to three game with the uh, Texas and Notre Dame. That was a. I watched some of that. It was a pretty exciting game. I, I was t- I, I was telling Grandma, 
Mrs. Yeah. I said, I don't like either one of these teams. I said, I said, dilemma. Is there any way yeah. both of them can lose? You know, and then I <laughs> yeah. probably, I probably will root for Notre Dame because they're a cold weather team and, and yeah, uh, and they're not Southeast Com- yeah, they're not Southeast conference either. So I don't yeah. Yeah, this, the, the SEC kind of dominated the tournament this year. I think they have five of the eight teams uh, right. in there because they got right. Texas A&M, Auburn, uh, Ole Miss, uh, Arkansas, and uh, well, that's it. I guess four. I mean, they miscounted anyway. But, yeah, they kind of dominated the tournament this year. So, uh, And then but- Texas and Oklahoma go into the SEC in, a, I don't know, two years or whatever. Yeah. So- yeah. yeah, and that's is that a, is that across all sports or just football? Oh, all all everything. Yeah. It's everything. Okay. Oh okay. yeah. Um. Yeah. There. That. We'll we'll talk about that at some point. Probably during the season once Oklahoma and Texas start showing why they should stay in the Big Twelve. Um. But uh, yeah, that, Nebraska, that's, that's not going to go well for them. Yeah, Nebraska has. You know, I remember when they were in the College World Series the first time, and I'm telling you, it was uh, it was. I don't know if it it's not up there with the excitement of of uh, beating Miami in in the '95 Orange Bowl for the national championship. Yeah, know. yeah. But it was it ranked up there. It was it was yeah. incredible. They're I mean, it's like playing at your Omaha. home stadium. Yeah, yeah. And then you couldn't get a ticket. That's the downside. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but they haven't been there since 2005 under Mike Anderson, Dave Van Horn, who is with Arkansas now. He yep. is a great coach. Everybody here hated to see him go and it was his alma mater so you could understand that he wanted yeah back there but otherwise he'd still been here he'd be at a tom osborne of of husker baseball there's no question he's a great coach and a great guy too yeah i'm definitely i i'm rooting for arkansas in this tournament because partly because of him and then also uh arkansas got so close last year and then uh lost to nc state in the super regional um and then uh, the tournament last year was kind of weird because NC State got to like the semifinal basically, won the first game, lost the second game, and then the third game was forfeited because they didn't have enough players because they are out because of COVID right. safety right. protocols. So I mean, that's just that's just done. You can't have that because that's for a birth of the national championship right. game. Right. You can't. I mean, if you reschedule it, reschedule it. You got to figure that out because that's not fair to the players. Right. Absolutely. At all or and the fan base. So absolutely. Yeah. So yeah. that's that's and this this tournament's really wide open. So I think this this year's could be really really exciting, um, and um, it already has proven to be exciting. So we have a, an event coming up. We talked about it last time, but it's a Husker fans salute the troops golf scramble, golf scramble, I should say. <laughs> uh, it's uh, it's a fundraiser to pay for our fall event where we bring in a uh, hundred uh, wounded or not wounded warriors, but veterans and their families. Yeah. And it's a family event. You've been to it several times, you know, yeah, what, it's awesome. what we do there. And there's a, there's a Husker football watch party. Uh, be uh, Nebraska and Michigan this year, but oh, we got to pay the bills. And so the, the uh, golf scramble is going to be Friday, June 24th, uh, shotgun at 10 AM registrations open at eight 30 at the Ashland golf club in beautiful Ashland, Nebraska. And uh, you can register online at huskersalute.org. That 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 yeah. name again. I put huskersalute.org. Yeah, and if yeah. if you're wondering ease of access to find that, go back to last week's episode of our offensive line preview, and in the show notes for that, 
uh, there are links to sign up a golf foursome and then also just a link to the website. Uh, and there will be a that. number of former Husker football players there too. So it's going to be an exciting yeah. time. Great door prizes. Awesome door prizes. Some really great food too. And then you and I will be there. Exactly. And, and as I said last week, um, I will be there. Uh, I can point you to grandpa. I'm going to be wearing a uh, <laughs> red and a, a crimson or, no, not crimson. What am I? Scarlet and cream. There shirt, you go. And it has a uh, big go big red across the front. It's an Adidas shirt. Um, so look, look for that. Uh, I'm going to be golfing a little bit. I don't know if I'm going to be working one of the holes. I, that was the plan at one point for me to work the fifth hole um, yeah. at some point. But if I end up doing that uh, and you see me at the fifth hole, feel free to say hi. Um, and then once we get back to the clubhouse afterward, I can point you to grandpa or beforehand uh, before we start the uh, scramble. So. Uh, yeah, it's going to be really exciting. I'm I'm really excited for it. I've never got to go to one of these, and uh, I'm really excited. Well, in, in the fund, you know, we're an all-volunteer organization, so nobody takes a paycheck. So every dime yeah. that you donate, and it's all it's, we're a registered 501c3 organization, uh, but it's tax deductible. So it's a great yep. cause. We get to honor our men and women who have uh, put their lives on the line for all of us. So huskersalute.org, go there. All right. And then we'll see you on June 24th if you, you can make it. it. Uh, all right. So the big thing for today that we're going to talk about is the defensive line. Uh, the Husker defensive line is probably the weakest point of its defense looking at it right now. Um, if the transfers kind of say out of all the transfer like groups, like quarterback, wide receiver, that kind of trend, like those transfers, the defensive line transfers are probably the most important yep. out of all of them because we would only really have Ty Robinson coming in with a, like a decent amount of experience because he played in all 12 games last year. Uh -huh. um, it's 27 tackles and two sacks. Everyone else, it, Colton Feist got injured, played in eight games. Um, Nash Hutmacher had played in 11, but he didn't really do much. He recorded, he didn't record a tackle. Um, and I, Having Casey Rogers transfer uh, to Oregon to follow uh, Tony Tuyoti is a big loss on this. We talked about this beforehand when he announced that he was leaving, but him getting injured and then we thought we were going to get him back yeah. this year, that would have been huge. But now we have O'Shawn Mathis, Devin Drew, and Stefan Wynn coming in. Uh, what are what are your thoughts on those three guys, Grandpa? Well, I you and I were talking just before the show started and and – the transfer portal, some some hate it, some love it, but it's here to stay. But I I think, and I, I think you're absolutely right, the losses that, that Nebraska sustained with the kids leaving or graduating uh, were you had to, if you didn't find Mathis and Drew and Wynn, I'm not quite sure how the Huskers would have uh, fared. It, it, well, they would have been, I think it would have been really bad. Um, Mathis is kind of the edge rusher. Um, you know, we had that with Jojo as a outside linebacker last year, Jojo Doman. Um, so maybe that, maybe a little bit of that, uh, uh, duty. Doman was such a versatile, uh, he was a Swiss army knife. He did so many yeah. different things, but, uh, I would love to see Oshan take that role on of being an edge rusher and, Six five two sixty. 
Yikes. Yeah. Um, and he yeah, brings, well, you put him on one corner and Garrett Nelson on the other corner. We'll talk about Garrett next week when we talk about linebackers. Right. But, right. Um, you put that those two guys on the corners and uh, good luck getting anything to the outside. And then you got to, uh, I mean, Devin Drew is a, was a one that kind of popped up. Um, uh, he started 13 games last year for the Texas Tech Red Raiders. And then Stefan Wynn from Alabama, you know, he played in seven games for last year for the Tide. And you got to figure if you're playing for Alabama, you can't be too shabby. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But one thing I would say about Stefan Wynn, though, is that uh, I looked at the seven games he played in. Yeah. The only one that was really notable, uh, he played in a few like SEC conference games he played against Mississippi State. Mississippi State was not great last year. Uh-huh. Um, the only game that like is of note at all was the first game of the season he played in against number 14, Miami. Miami fell way off the, the radar. I don't, right. I, they might have been ranked at the end of the season. I don't remember. I don't think so. But that it was a sl- they slaughtered Miami. So I, I mean, I don't know how much you can take from his experience. He's had SEC experience, which I guess is a good experience to have mm-hmm. coming into the big 10 against those bigger offensive lines. That'll push you around and fighting through that. He only had 16 tackles throughout his entire career, career at Alabama. He played there four years. Um, so the, the, like people aren't going crazy about the stiff on win transfer pickup because he hasn't done much for Alabama. I think, I think it is good that we get the, an Alabama kid who's played for Alabama, which means you're good. Yeah. He's a former far, four-star recruit out of high school. So that's pretty good. And then, but he really hasn't done that much at Alabama. He wasn't a monster at Alabama. So that's probably I'm not, I'm not, saying, I'm not saying that's true. That's true. Yeah. I'm not saying he has to be a monster for us to take him, right. but it doesn't seem like he's that he made that big of an impact on the Alabama defensive line. So, but Devin Drew to figure, and Oshon Mathis definitely. Yeah. You'd have Go to ahead. figure that anybody who enters that transfer portal has a reason, and yeah. a lot of it is playing time. I want to, I want to play, and if you're at, at a Alabama, um, probably yeah, Texas Tech uh, too, maybe a little bit. Uh, but if especially if you're at Alabama, I mean, and you think that you're good and you're a four-star player, uh, you want to you want to play and. Nebraska hung out the shingle that's saying, hey, <laughs> we need D linemen and we need them badly. So I think those are, and we really don't know, as you said, you know, kid hasn't played that much. Um, but I'm sure that opened up the eyes of, of uh, you know, Mike Dawson and Frost and, and certainly Chenander that yeah. uh, these guys have experience. They played in you know, uh, power five football programs. And I'm glad that they're coming. Cause I really don't know what we would have done. Of course, then yeah. on the other hand, you say, well, Casey Rogers and, and uh, you know, Jordan Riley and some of those players wouldn't have really left because they'd probably have to sit out a year. Or so, so it's, it's a front door, back door kind of thing. You bring yeah. in the, the, the transfer portals and then you lose some kids, you know, going out the back door. Yeah, exactly. Well, I think that Oshawn Mathis and Devin Drew coming to Nebraska is um, it shows that they want to compete at a higher level because my guess of why they're coming here, at least one of the reasons why they're coming to Nebraska is that the Big Ten is a much higher level of play than the Big 12. And I think they know that 
mm-hmm. uh, especially in defense. Uh, the offensive lines in the Big Ten are much uh, bigger and stronger than those in the uh, Big 12. That's why Big Ten games don't end up 56 to 49 right. uh, a bunch all the time. Um, so I think them coming here is uh, a good sign that they want to compete. They 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 have that hunger to um, destroy people. Um, and Osha Mathis has already shown that he can wreck offensive lines in the Big 12. Uh, through his career in the Big 12, he's had 15 and a half sacks, one forced fumble, and 135 tackles. Um, so, I mean, the experience there is going to be huge because him and Ty Robinson, Ty Robinson really doesn't compare to Oshawn Mathis's experience, uh, too much. Cause he's not been at Nebraska super long. He's only, Ty Robinson's only a sophomore. Um, so, but Oshawn Mathis bringing in that experience will help yep. some of these younger guys a lot. Cause uh, Nebraska has got three sophomores on their roster that could potentially, uh, be starting or playing in games. And this experience that the transfers bring in, if they if they're gelling and everything, which I think um, Nebraska does a pretty good job of getting transfers in, and then they're gelling with the team. Like it seemed like Casey Thompson was pretty comfortable uh, within the team. Anthony Grant seems really comfortable. So getting those guys in and having them be able to teach what they've learned through their four years to these guys that are only sophomores. That's huge because the next year they'll be so much better because they don't have to make those mistakes for themselves. They can already know that. Okay. I know that if like, it, like if I'm getting double teamed, then signal to someone else to get through this gap or whatever, or that kind of stuff where you would learn that through gameplay and practice and it would take half a year. Whereas now you just have a conversation with Oshawn Mathis about it. And he tells you what to do in that situation. And you remember that. And then you practice doing that in games and it, that skill just gets better. You know, you, you look at uh, uh, Nebraska has a couple of freshmen and, and redshirt freshmen coming into the program. Um, and you, you look at the sizes at like, uh, like Jalen Weaver, Six eight, three hundred and twenty pounds. He's a redshirt freshman. Um, you gotta, you gotta be excited. I mean, those numbers. Uh, I don't know how fast uh, Weaver is, uh, but and then Ruquan Buckley. He's six five, two ninety, but he's just a redshirt freshman. He'll probably put on a little weight. But these guys, six eight and six five, and then Marcus Black is a redshirt freshman, and he's six three, three fifteen. Uh, again, I don't know. We haven't seen these guys play that much, so I can't attest to how they're going to perform. But you you have to look at just some. They got some beef there, and uh... yeah, yeah, for sure. And uh, I mean, I think that those guys being huge, like we talk about this with offensive line, it takes a certain genetic. Uh, there's a certain genetic part to it where you can't really play interior defensive line if you're five eleven. Because you're just going to get run over. Like it doesn't, (laughs) it doesn't work that way. Like the same way that you can't be 5'11 and play um, like guard or anything like that, because you're not going to have leverage on these guys. So I think getting like Oshawn Mathis is 6'5, Stephen Wynn 6'4, Devin Drew 6'2. They're all over 275 pounds. Right. So uh, oh, that's not true. Alshon Mathis is 260, but he's more of an edge rusher. So for, for interior defensive line, that that power is going to be uh, really important, in the, especially in the Big Ten. I know I say it a lot, the Big Ten offensive lines are big, uh, especially Iowa. Uh, I think 
having that game at the end of the season is nice because we'll get to see how much these guys have progressed. Right. Um, at Nebraska, because the Iowa offensive line is basically the pinnacle offensive line of the big 10. They produce a first round pick at almost every single year in the NFL uh, without fail. So the big test for these guys is going to be Iowa. There's going Michigan has some big guys up front too. So there's, I mean, really, I can't think of a big 10 school that we're playing this year that has a bad offensive line. Um, and maybe Rutgers, I don't know, but Rutgers has seemed to pick it up in the past few years. So, um, I don't, I don't know, but the, the, uh, power that this defensive line is going to learn and improve through the season, um, given that our schedule looks from, from my perspective right now, that we're going to get to a bowl. Uh, going through it, we'll go through this. We'll go through the schedule. Grandpa and I will at some point when we get a little bit closer to the season. Um, it's it's only like sixty eight days out or something now. It's, um, yeah. So, um, but we'll we'll go through the schedule. But I think um, you build that power through the season, and then the bowl game. Um, you as long as those guys still stay, which I think those guys will stay because they want to play in those bowl games because. Oshawn Mathis and Devin Drew aren't like names that have been circulating for a little bit about like, oh, they're going to be top. They're going to be first round NFL picks. And also, I think Nebraska has that thing where you don't see guys opting out of bowl games a lot for Nebraska. Like I know in the recent in recent years, we hadn't really had a lot of guys opt out because we haven't been in bowl games. So but when you see Amir Abdullah is going to the NFL, he doesn't opt out of that bowl game. Uh, Or do we have a bowl game that year? Am I remembering? Oh yeah. Yeah, we did. Yeah. Every so, year under, uh, under Bo Pelini. Yeah. Yeah. So Amir Abdullah doesn't opt out of the bowl game um, and he ends up being a second round pick. So I think that's something that these guys are going to stay in the m- amount of improvement that they'll have during the year uh, is going to be astronomical. And, and as I said, I think I was going to be a big test of that. And then they can show what they've learned in the bowl game, depending on what bowl we get into. Um if we get into a bowl, oh, I, I, I want to be realistic, and I think we will, but who knows? It's Nebraska. Let's, yeah, let's hope. Let's uh, pray, whatever you want to say. Yeah, I. Uh, yeah. Th- this program has been, uh, it's, I mean, I, I remember the great good old days in the 90s, and, and uh, it wasn't a question of would Nebraska win. It was just by how much. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and it was a player-led program. Um, they, I remember talking to the players, uh, and, uh, they, 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 if you messed up during practice or a game, you had to face the players. Don't worry about the coaches. Forget that. You had to deal with those guys. They would be in your face. They'd be yelling at you and they had control of your life. And so accountability is a great thing to have. And I don't think we've had that in uh in recent years and it's and it's shown it's uh yeah it's really a sad kind of situation but that program just needs to start winning and i hope they do it this year yeah time to start yes exactly yeah all right so let's move on to um the the existing players we talked about ty robinson a little bit um already what what are your thoughts on these guys uh most i knew some nash Hutmacher, colton feist tate uh Wildman, and ty robinson what do you think their their roles will be uh in this defensive line for nebraska this season i gotta think that ty he's the ty is the alpha male you know player he's he's the one 
you just hope he can stay healthy. And, but I, you know, uh, somebody like Ty can be a mentor for the uh, underclassmen. Um, mm-hmm. Mosai Newsom, um, he's not played uh, yet for the Huskers. Well, Ty, so. Ty's also a sophomore. Right. So, I mean, like that level of experience for a sophomore is, right. is, is key too. But yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Uh, but is I, that what I, I would see Ty? Of course, then you got the other, the other experienced players, Mathis, Drew, and Wynn. Um, but I, I see Ty Robinson being one of the leaders on the, on the defense. Um, you know, uh, th- there's, there's some size, you know, Nash is 6'4", 325. Um, they just need to get accountable and need to have somebody leading them. And maybe Ty's the key to that. He's a great player. And yep. as you said, he's just a sophomore. Um, so I, I would, I would, he's, he's the, he's the stud in the, in the group of the existing players. Now how these other guys pan out the three transfers, you know, time will tell. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think that if he, if, if like, say for example, like Osha Mathis or Devin Drew takes that leadership role in the defensive line this year, that they're mentoring Ty Robinson along with that. And then he can take over once they're gone in in a few years in, in next year. Um, so that you still build that kind of consistency with like, this is what is expected of you. This is holding, this is who's holding you accountable for it. So, yeah, I think you're right about your point about the accountability of Nebraska. It's not there um, and somewhat on the offense, but you don't see guys like getting angry at each other about screwing up stuff, which I think that's just kind of been in, in sports in general, you don't really see that too much anymore because it's kind of been like, uh, like it's, it's not, it's been taught that it's not in your best interest to get upset at your teammates. But if you want to build that tough outer skin, that's going to be like, okay, well I'm going up against these guys in practice and they're bullying me around. Who cares what, like, who cares this Iowa offensive lineman that I've never heard talks one piece of trash to me. I'm still, I'm, I'm just going to take that and go beat him even more so right. that I don't have to listen to these guys like make fun of me for getting toasted by this Iowa offensive lineman uh, during the game. And Nebraska doesn't have that, as you were saying. And I, I think that they can, you, they can choose to have that. It just is a culture thing that you want you want to be part of this team. Like it's, it's a, it's a band of brothers here. Like you, you got to earn your spot here. Um, and I, I think with the transfer portal, that's going to be harder to do, but I think it can still be successful because the transfer portals, it's basically like recruiting again. So if you don't like the culture right. somewhere, you're not going to go there. So I'm, I, they might lose out on some transfers, but I think in the long run, if you decide to, if, if Nebraska, just as a, as a, as a football program decides to switch their culture to be like, okay, we're not going to care what people think of us, but you're going to have to learn how to do that through people making fun of you in practice, um, nipping at each other. If you screw up, you're going to hear about it from everyone. So then you definitely won't do that thing again. Cause you don't want to hear that. And, and, you know, when, when Scotty took over this program in 2018, I remember, and he was, he was just livid. He couldn't believe it on the sideline, Nebraska is getting beat and the sidelines, the Huskers are playing Husker players are arm in arm and they're dancing and they're joking around. And, um, and Frost after that game, he was just livid. He said, what, what are you doing? We're losing. 
Yeah. You can't. And, you know, so he had a culture to, to change there. And, um, you know, I remember talking with Ryan Held. I said, uh, what was the biggest surprise you guys had coming in to Nebraska? He said, we had no idea that things were as bad as they were. So I think that's, that's something to, uh, to note. They've had to change the culture and, and leadership and, and discipline and, and uh, accountability are those things that they're just absolutely essential. So we'll see. Yeah. I, you know, I was just thinking, you know, we, you talked about Casey Rogers, of course, you know, he, he was injured, but he played in the last seven games. Uh, he had 17 tackles, three TFLs and a half a sack. Yeah. Uh, and he went to Oregon, but Ben Stilley was an anchor to that. He played, I think his best football last year. Yeah, and, I agree. Uh, he had actually a, another year of eligibility, I believe, but he opted to, to uh, not come back to Nebraska, which, you know, that's, you've been around that long, another year sometimes doesn't sound all that great. But, yeah. Uh, so I, I kind of, we're going to miss him 42 tackles. He had six tackles for losses. Um, he had a one and a half sacks uh, and he started 20 career games. Uh, you know, I mean, and then you got to replace that. And I don't know if Mathis and Drew and Wynn or, or somebody else is going to step up from the existing roster, but yeah. some's going to have to. Gonna have to. Yeah. 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 I, I don't know. As you said, I think it's going to be one of those transfer guys. I think it has to be because they have the experience necessary. Um, it, I, I, if Ty Robinson does, but he's also a little bit young. Um, he can definitely develop more this year. Uh, and then maybe take over that role next year. So, uh, yeah, it, losing losing Casey Rogers is uh, kind of a – it doesn't feel like – I think if Nebraska had uh, a stronger core of the defensive line to begin with, it wouldn't be that big of a loss. But since Nebraska's defensive line is already weak, losing Casey Rogers um, is, a, is a bigger blow than it would normally be uh, because our defensive line is so weak this year to it's- begin with. It's interesting that just looking at Lindy's and they, they, I always, I buy Lindy's magazine to, you know, they're the first one out there usually. Uh, But the real one that we like to get is Phil Steele's and that comes out late July, maybe first part of August. Yeah. But uh, Lindy's has uh, O'Shawn starting at defensive end, Ty Robinson, a defensive tackle, and then Nash Huttmacher at the other defensive tackle spot. So, um, you know, that's, that's speaks well of Nash, except, you know, I don't know if that's going to be, but, what Dawson is going to come up with for the, for the fall, but yeah, you know, everybody, you know, with all these transfers there, there are 15 transfers, 33 new players coming into the system. You know, you talk about chemistry and then, and then, okay. On like in the offensive line, when we talked about that last time, it's like, well, where do you put all these players? Yeah. Who do you, who's going to be your starting group? Mm -hmm. And, you know, everything has to start working. It'll be interesting to see come August 27th, whoever starts that game and how that, how long that starting lineup lasts. I think that's going to be a real, a real key thing to watch. Yeah. Yeah. Whoever, whoever starts that, like the defensive line is probably going to be the most like fluctuating thing of who's starting, who's not every single game. Uh, I think that section of Nebraska, like that uh, personnel group is going to be like the most fluctuating during the season because you have the, 
three transfers, but then you also have some guys like Ty Robinson uh, and Nash and Colt Feist, uh, Colton Feist who have had experience. Right. So you can plug them into games and you know that they'll know what to do because they've played, but then it depends on what is the right pairing here? Where are we putting guys so that they're going to do the best um, and we'll have the best defensive line. And then you also have to consider, okay, if we're having edge rushers, what package of defensive line do we want to work with these edge rushers the best? So then you have to figure that out. And I, I think they'll, they'll, I, I assume they're trying to figure that out. Uh, they, they tried to figure that out during spring training uh, and then they'll probably figure it out during um, fall camp a little bit as well. Uh, and, and I think that whatever, whatever comes out of that, it's not going to be perfect. There'll definitely be people switching around during the season for starting right. spots and where they're playing. So. Yeah, uh, it's interesting. So far, if we look at uh, who's coming in the pipeline, so far they have zero commits on defensive line. And I, you know, they're trying to get uh, a plum of a one, and that would be Maverick Noonan, son of Danny Noonan. Yeah. But they don't have him committed yet. Yeah. Well, so, it says I was looking on uh, 247, um, or sorry, Rivals. Uh, and, and it says that uh, Riley Van Poppel is, is a three star. Uh, defensive tackle, and it says he's committed to 2023 in Nebraska. Yeah, that's right. I, I forgot about that. He just signed um, two days ago. You're right. Okay. Um, okay. So we have one, but still, I mean, that like you're you're not going to like flip anything in like I, not like I guess systemic like system system wise. There we go. Um, you're not going to flip like you can't rely on transfers every year. And I think we talk about right. that with Nebraska a lot, especially with all these groups, you can't rely on these transfers to come in and have people like Oshawn Mathis come in every year. So you got to recruit and they're not doing that in the defensive line. Really? You have Riley Van Poppel and then um, the other defensive line that they're trying to recruit. So, I mean, that's, that's just two and you're losing two, maybe three guys off this roster. So. I, I, if you don't want to like fix it, recruiting, I get that you're not going to get everyone you want, but you, it's like, it's like the draft. Basically you have, you have certain need positions, focus on those, get those guys that you want and then get the other playmaker guys. Um, because you'll have players like Casey Thompson is going to be around for another year. Um, uh, hopefully. And so like, you don't need a quarterback now. It would be nice to commit a quarterback, but you do need defensive linemen. You need offensive linemen. We got Brock Knutson. We talked about him last week uh, on the last episode. And you got to recruit defensive line now because those are your two needs or the two lines um, as, as of right now what, when I'm looking at Nebraska. So I, I don't know if it's just that they're kind of – I get that it's 2023. They have a lot of time left to recruit. Um, so my guess is that it's – it's, I don't know. It's, it's not, I don't think it's that they don't want to recruit defensive line and they're choosing not to. I think it's that it's hard to come by defensive line players. Like I were talking about with offensive line in the last episode, that it's genetic. It's hard to find there. There are fewer guys that are six, five, 280 uh, and can run because like the, either those guys are playing offensive line, Alabama and defensive line, Alabama, like the, the good players, will go to the bigger schools because they, they want that. So Nebraska's got to build up their defensive line program, and I think these transfers can help them do that. 
uh, and and then so. if they if they if they're able to do that, then uh, I think that Nebraska's defensive line will be um, much better in years to come as the higher and higher level recruits start coming in. Yep, I I agree with you. I agree with you. I don't know yeah. what uh, if we have anything else to talk about in the defensive line. I don't have anything else. I I did run the numbers on this and I I did uh, amount of tackles returning. And that's just as this is just the amount of tackles for each of the, each of the players. This is counting transfers and existing um, players on Nebraska's roster. Um, We have 112 tackles. Uh, That's just all the numbers of what tackles they had last year. Uh, And then the amount of tackles from last season that we lost uh, 122. So it's not terrible. Yeah, uh, a lot of those are Oshan Mathis. I will say that he did have quite a few tackles last year. I think he had around fifty. Um, so there's not really too many. Uh, it, it was mostly Oshan Mathis and Ty Robinson who carried the brunt of that. Uh, we have six sacks returning, which is good. You add four with Oshan Mathis. Ty Robinson had two. Uh, we only lost three and a half sacks from last year, so that's a good sign. Uh, and I think Oshan Mathis and I think Devin Drew will. Uh, he he hasn't recorded a sack in his college career. I think that if given a chance, he will definitely uh, at least put pressure on the quarterback uh, consistently. So, uh, and Stephen Wynn knows how to get to the quarterback. So, I don't think uh, I think that that six could be is a low a lower point. I think that that sack number is going to be higher for Nebraska this year. But yeah, no, I don't have anything else uh, unless you have anything else, Grandpa. No, just a golf scramble coming up. Uh... Yeah, June 24th at Ashland Golf Club in yep. uh, beautiful Ashland, Nebraska. You can register, play with uh, former players. Um, it's a great cause, great food, great door prizes. You can register at huskerssalute.org, and that's Husker fans salute the troops golf scramble. Will and I will be there, as he said. Yep. Yeah, I'll be wearing my go big red shirt. Uh, so so look for me uh, either around the fifth hole if I'm working that, or I might be on the golf course or beforehand. You'll be uh, the so. youngest guy there and I'll be the oldest. So <laughs> yeah, it'll be, it'll be pretty easy to spot us. <laughs> um, but yeah, we listen. hope you guys can make it. All right. Listen, it's been great. And, and tell everybody to, to listen, you know? Yeah. 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 Tell, tell everyone uh, that it, friends, we, we are. Yes. Exact friends, enemies, everyone. <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> we did. So I did want to, uh, we gave you a shout out last, we gave you guys a shout out last week for, uh, the receiving core and getting 114 downloads of that uh, in the first like week and a half after it had been out. Uh, and then you guys went and downloaded and listened to the offensive line preview out of all the episodes, the offensive line, when I thought would be the most boring, uh, but 160 downloads on that. So thank you guys so much. That means uh, a lot to us. Uh, we're super excited to keep doing this for you guys every single week and uh, clearly you're enjoying it. So thank you so much. Uh, we'd love to spread the word even more. So tell, tell all your friends about it. Um, we've had word go across the, not just out of the United States. We've had 41 of the 50 States, um, have at least one download in it. So shouts out, shouts to you guys for, for that. And then also, um, shout out to Canada, Ireland, uh, the UK, Russia, Canada, the Czech Republic and Ukraine. Um, <laughs> you guys, you guys have been downloading too. So, uh, it's got Nebraska fandom reaches around the world. So uh, part, that is so just part amazing. Czech and part Irish. So uh, who, knows? <laughs> who knows? There could be some family there downloading that. That'd yeah. Be- <laughs> we yeah, have Italy is- too. Did you say Italy? No, I did not. 
Because I thought we had no. somebody from we did we did at one point, but I, oh, I they well, also stopped down. Like, so but if if you're still there, um, Italy, thank you. But uh, anyway, uh, yeah. So huge thanks to you guys, and and uh, as as I as I always say, this this is your guys's podcast, not ours, uh, because. If we're like if we're just talking into microphones for no reason, recording it, you probably think we're crazy. Uh, if if no one's listening to it, so uh, we we thank you guys so much for for listening to it every week, and uh, it it means it means a lot to us. So uh, thank you. And uh, if you have any questions for us, send those into wrswpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, once again, wrswpodcast at gmail.com uh, for questions. Other than that, I have nothing else to say besides go big red and we'll see you next week.